Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Big Game Look Ahead. Here is Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds. Look at right here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Greg Peterson holding it down as we've got Dave Ross joining us momentarily, and you're going to be getting West within the next few minutes as we're going to get you guys set for what we're going to be seeing this week. We're going to recap a little bit of what we saw last week as well, and it was a very, very wild week. First week without any football in a very, very long time, but a very eventful one on the college basketball front. We saw a great card in UFC 298. The golf action, it was very hot and heavy with Hideki Matsuyama being able to make that big, giant. Warren, Dave, great to be joining you right now. Thank you so much. First of all, Greg, I am so underdressed. You look fantastic. The, t- the whole, uh, the ensemble is amazing. I'll say that first and foremost. Uh, thanks for holding it down for us. Yeah, it's been a chaotic day. And when you look at the golf, I was looking at Hideki Matsuyama today. Do you know what his number was, Greg, this morning before they played the final round of the Genesis Open? People, he was six shots back to begin the final round today at Riviera. He was 71 pre-tournament. His number coming into today, take a guess. 125 to 1. 150 to 1 in some places. <laughs> you could have gotten Hideki Matsuyama. Now, who could have seen he's going to go out there and shoot a 62? He said afterward to his interpreter, he felt like he shot three over. He shot a 62 and didn't feel like he played his best golf. And I can't wait for later on in the show, we'll break it down with Wes, uh, obviously one of the co-hosts of Long Shots, of where this puts him back as we get closer and closer now to the guys coming to the Florida swing that'll start in two weeks at Jack's Place at the Honda Classic as we get ready for March Madness. And then, of course, Augusta and the first major of the year. So, Greg, like every time I see Hoops Peterson, I see commercials for March Madness, It also in the back of my mind, I see the Azaleas. I see the Masters. I see Augusta National. So those two events are like the perfect symmetry of the wrapping up of college basketball season and the beginning of the golf uh, four major championships. Oh, I'm right there with you because one of the things that you always get with March Madness is Jim Nance saying, 
and coming up in April, it's going to be Augusta. <laughs> and it's just a tradition. I'm like any other. I'm right there with you. In the so, last time for yes. Nance this year. So like we've get you know, the final four with, with Nance, I think last year was his last final four. And I think this is it for Augusta. It's going to be so weird not hearing Jim Nance do those two signature events on CBS going forward. And it really does. It starts to make me feel old. I am getting old. But like, you know, Nance, his first Masters that he ever called happened to be in 1986 when Jack Nicholas won it at the age of 46. I don't know if Tiger could turn back the hands of time like Jack did that time looking all those years back. But after, you know, WDing from the uh, Genesis this week and he said he had a cold. I, I, I hope it's just a cold, but I don't think it's just a cold because he had the back spasms on, on 18 on the Thursday. I just wonder what iteration Jim Nance and everybody else is going to see when we get to Augusta in April. I, I just don't know, Greg. And I root for the greats. I do. If LeBron wants his victory tour next year, I'll be rooting for him every step of the way. I like to see the, the greats in whatever sport perform for the last time. I just wonder if we have absolutely seen the best of Tiger Woods. And I don't know that we can expect to see anything else quite like we even saw in the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I think that's just really tough to handicap Tiger Woods because I need mean, sort of been like the golf equivalent of Bigfoot. We always hear about Tiger Woods, but we're not really seeing too much out of him. And when it comes to looking forward to Augusta, I'm not going to be able to bet on him to make the cup because even though he's been here so many times, you just don't know if you're going to have another withdrawal. You don't know if the back spasms are going to be acting up. I just think that there's going to be so much value on him to miss the cup because everyone is just like you. They root with their hearts. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to see Tiger to be able to make the cut. I just don't think that he's going to have it in him this year. Uh, do you play craps? A little bit. Because you wouldn't play the, the don't pass line, would you? No. But that's like betting the no on Tiger at Augusta to make the cut, right? You're going to go, well, who's going to bet that? Where the smart money would go. That's where the smart money should go would be the do not pass for Tiger Woods to make it to Augusta. But nobody wants to play that because we all want to root for Tiger. But, Greg, I think it's a great point. Sadly, if you're in, that's what we're trying to do here at Visa is educate you on the correct way to play. I would think, and we'll see what those numbers look like as we get closer and closer, because I heard some speculation whether or not we're going to see him play maybe at the players. It's the, it's the, his goal is one tournament a month at this point, right? That's it. So again, if it was, if it really was just the cold that he really got, and by the way, Patrick Cantlay, who had the lead going into the final round today at Riviera, he said he was not feeling well either. He apparently played with a temperature over a hundred degrees. So maybe there really was something going around. So the, you know, the, I guess the contrarian in me says, well, wait a minute. He had back spasms on Thursday. Then he got a cold on Friday. Like, is there anything more here? Because if it is just, you know, like, all right, he's got the cold, then hopefully he will be totally fine. Whatever this version of tiger is. My bigger concern is if this really was healthy tiger on Thursday, it wasn't great. Like, health, like I always say, like, if you're not hurt, that's the bigger issue. If this is you healthy, we might have bigger issues to go with Tiger once we get to Augusta. But you're right. Everybody's going to want to play the, yeah, yeah. and what's Tiger going to tell you? Right? The week leading up to Augusta, I'm fine. Well, why are you playing? Well, I'm, I'm here to win. That's what Tiger says. If I'm playing, I'm here to win. Now, again, small sample of what we saw in the day and a half at Riv. It didn't look good. I just don't know what it's going to look like in, what, about a month and a half from right now. Yep, and you hope that it gets a little bit better. You hope that maybe his health is able to improve a little bit more, but I'm right there with you. A lot of concern there as it is a look at right here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and 
Dave, I know that you do a tremendous job with our show slash podcast here at First Strike, and I need to get your thoughts on what we saw on UFC 298 because Volkanovski, he goes down for the first time in oh so long, and you could tell that this was a little bit of a different fight. You could see that from him only being right around about a minus 130 or so favorite, but do you want to get your takeaways on what was a really good and explosive UFC 298 card? It was a fantastic card, and I was having a really good night until we get speaking of goats, like Tiger Woods and golf, until you get the goat in the featherweight division. And you go, I got Alexander Volkanovsky coming off a head kick loss at 155 against Islam Makachev, who is clearly the best at 155. And you go, well, we can throw that out because it was Makachev, it was up and wait. Now he's back down to his division where Alexander Volkanovsky has never lost. Never lost. And then all of a sudden you get Ilya Taporia talking all that junk. 27. Volk's playing into it. He shows up at the press conference dressed as an old man. He's got the glasses around his nose like I wear when I need to read things. And he's playing into it. Like, okay, great. You guys can picture me as the old guy. Here's this young kid. This young kid. And I'm going to show him what's what, right? And after the first round, I'm live on the air last night as we're, we're getting done with Sunday bed prep. And we're literally signing off as they're getting ready to go into round two. And I thought he won round one from what I could see. And I'm like, this is exactly the way Alexander Volkanovsky wants this fight to go. Hey, kid, after five minutes, I'm still here. Right? And that's when you say, well, now Volk's going to start to take over. And all of a sudden, Tapuria hit him with a, with a little piece. And he kind of backed Volk up. And you saw Volk kind of nod his head. Like, yeah, you got me. Right? The acknowledgement between fighters. But he didn't come forward from that. Tapuria did. And when he pressured Volk, I don't think he was ready for that kind of firefight that happened. Hit him with a four-piece. The right hand really finished him before the left hook ever did. Tapori is so quick at 27 right now that you go, that's a different level of quickness and power, dare I say, like a young Conor McGregor had at 145 pounds. Ironically, maybe it's not ironic, who did he call out after he becomes the new featherweight champion? Conor McGregor, if you have a set of blank left, I can't say what the blank is, you know, fight me. They're going to do this card now. They're talking about doing it in Spain as now he's the, you know, the Spanish champion. Everybody's going crazy in Spain for Taporia. I, I don't know that there's any chance in hell that Conor McGregor can make 145 pounds anymore. <laughs> but he, the similarities of undefeated Taporia now at 27 do take you back to a young Conor McGregor. If he had never left the featherweight division, we don't know what Conor could have become there because, of course, he went up to become the double champ when he won at 155. He beat Eddie Alvarez back in the day. Then he starts fighting at 170 in the Diaz fights, never to see 145 again. So really, to me now, I know Volk came out right after the fight and said, you know, basically, I've done, he, to paraphrase, I've done everything for the, for the company. You guys wanted me to go up to 55 and fight your beast at 55? I almost won the first time. Then you want me to fight him again? I did it. I've done everything you've asked. So Dana White, it wasn't even a plea. It was almost a demand. I demand a rematch. And I went, no. <laughs> no, Volk. You don't want this right now. You don't want this smoke right now from Taporia. You got knocked out four months ago, three months ago, against Makashev. You get knocked out now. That's Two knockouts, not losses, knockouts. Those are different. And I know he seems fine at the press table, you know, 30 minutes after the fight. He was out for a while with this one. This was not one of those. Did I saw people on, on Twitter, X, did they stop it too soon? I went, did you <laughs> stop it? Would you want him to be dead? Like, well, what did you want? Like that, no, the, thank goodness it was over when it, when it ended because I was like, he's not moving. I mean, that was a bad, bad knockout. So if I'm Volk, that's not the fight 
I think the UFC wants to see. I think Max Holloway makes the most sense for Taporia right now to come back, but he's going to fight here at UFC 300 for the BMF title. I can't say what that stands for. He's going to fight Justin Gaethje at UFC 300 for that BMF. There actually is a belt that you get for the BMF. But, Greg, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me if I'm Max Holloway because now I go, oh, somebody not named Alexander Volkanovsky, who he lost to three times at 145 pounds, is now the champ. I think the Holloway-Taporia fight would be very, very intriguing because, yes, he just beat one old dog in Alexander Volkanovsky. Max is a little bit different if you're going to be a hands fighter like Taporia is. I think that really is, in all honesty, the, the next fight to be made at 145 pounds. And it's so interesting with Max Holloway as well because it feels like he should be like 36, 37 years old. That guy has been around for forever, but he's like 31, 32. In dog years, he's like 75. Yes, he certainly is. He's been in the <laughs> UFC for a very long time, but that's going to be a tremendous card. And we've got a tremendous card coming up for you on the look at as well. You're going to be joined by Wes Reynolds coming up next. And at 8.15, so about an hour from now, Tanner Kern, he does tremendous work at DraftKings. He's going to be joining you guys, mm-hmm. but... We were supposed to be recapping NASCAR's Daytona 500. Hey, that did not happen Rain. on Saturday. That's that or on Sunday. That's going to be happening on Monday. I know that Wes is going to have some thoughts next, right here on the look at on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
We continue the look ahead. Dave Ross, Wes Reynolds here at Circus Sportsbook, Fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. As Greg Peterson said off the top of the show, going to have Tanner Kern join us in hour number two. And it's going to be fun, Wes, because we get Tanner, not for one, but for two segments to talk a lot of different things going on in the sports world, but some things that didn't. So, uh, so uh, Tanner twins, uh, much like the uh, the Olsen twins, were named uh, Tanner on Full House. Are the Olsons the? They were Tanners. Yeah, M- Michelle Tanner. You know that on Full House. Are the Olsen twins the most famous twins of all time? The Th- Thompson twins, the musical band. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're they're up there certainly. I would say the Olsons are going to be way up there in the power rankings of the twins. Uh, it's funny because. I know how into the uh, su- the Super Bowl of NASCAR that you are when it comes to the Daytona 500. And we kind of knew going into from last night that it didn't look like it was going to get raced today. And, of course, it does not. And now they're going to race this thing tomorrow. So, Wes, I just guess a, a, for a simpleton like me that does not follow it uh, nearly as closely as you do, does it change the handicap at all? when you back If you just back it up 24 hours in a vacuum – is there anything that's different because it didn't get raced today and will tomorrow? Well, once they get going, uh, it, it really does not uh, because the cars are obviously impounded. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't really make changes to them or, or anything like that because that got, that got to have a level playing field. But, yeah, just uh, it's, it's going to be, by the way, 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 mm-hmm. Pacific is when they're going to uh, drop the green flag for the Great American Race. So, you know. That's around a little bit close to the time that they were supposed to start today. Obviously, at 4 o'clock, that means it's going to get dark. So they'll finish in the dark here. I mean, you know, they'll start the race light, and then they'll finish in the dark. So, uh, you know, five, 500 miles. Uh, it's not – it's still a little bit restrictor plate racing, but it's not kind of what it used to be because they did make changes uh, – uh, to these cars, they went with the uh, the tapered spacer after the 2019 Daytona 500. So one of the reasons why you have fewer cautions is because they went they went to that spacer. So if you could find a prop uh, before we get into breaking down the actual race mm-hmm. and the drivers and who's got a chance to win, uh, if you could bet under cautions, I think it's under eight and a half is what I saw. That's what I would do because this this new car that they went to, it's called the next gen car. They went to this and it made it kind of more of a track position race where you don't have as much of that blocking late as you usually do. Now, you still will have one and you're always waiting for what they call the big one, the big crash that involves about half the field. And, uh, you know, so you're still going to get those guys doing that a little bit later in the race. But the last two years actually had seven cautions and eight cautions, uh, respectively. And two of the cautions two years ago were because of loose wheels on the track, not Mm. because of incidents or debris necessarily so you know looking at this i think you're getting less cautions which means you're getting more green flag racing which means you're usually getting a shorter race because you know at the end if there's a caution late they go to what's called the green white checkered where they give the green and then the white flag signals less lap and then the checkered flag now sometimes they'll keep having to keep attempting that because they want a green flag finish and they don't want it to finish under yellow Mm. but under cautions might be something I would look at tomorrow. Under eight and a half. Wow. So that you're going to go under with the cautions of eight and a half officially there in the prop market. When you do start to break down the field, it's a question uh, that I'm fascinated by just because of obviously my time in D.C. when Joe Gibbs was there 2.0 and then left football to begin this Joe Gibbs racing thing. We're like, what the hell is that? Then you look two decades later and you go, it's 
I, I don't know where it is in the reverence of, of teams, but it's certainly one of the more respected teams out there. You got Ty Gibbs racing th- this. I think he's about 18 to one here to win this. H- how important is it, Wes, when you look at teams? Because I know sometimes if you got some teammates out there, almost in wrestling parlance, we're going to put somebody over. Uh, if you got some uh, some some frenemies, if you will, down the stretch to help you. Uh, and you need teammates well, to help you out, and, right? And teammates do matter when you get into the draft here at this, uh, you know, high bank super speedway. But you mentioned Joe Gibbs Racing, so I'll start with Joe Gibbs Racing, JGR. And he's at the top of the board. Shop around a little bit. See if you can maybe get 10 to 1. But of the favorites, I would say Denny Hamlin. I think he's at DraftKings 8 to 1. Yep. Denny Hamlin, of course, drives for Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, uh, the uh, the number 11 car. One of, one of the best super speedway performers uh, really in the circuit. He's a three-time winner here at the Daytona 500 and is, is just always there. And Toyota, which is the manufacturer for Joe Gibbs Racing, Toyotas did win both the dual races on Thursday. Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell. Now, you know, they started deep in the field, too. So the Toyotas have really been kind of the manufacturer of choice mm. in terms of the racing. And they're both row two, by the way, Reddick and Bell. Front row is Joey Logano and Michael McDowell, both Fords, who didn't have to race in the duel. They got they got their spot on pole qualifying. But Denny Hamlin is starting eighth. And really where you start, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it matters le- less here than in any other race in NASCAR. Maybe Talladega, of course, which is a similar super speedway. So of the short guys' uh, prices, I would say Denny Hamlin. Uh, try to see if you can get better at 8-1. There might be some 10-1s out there, so uh, shop around. But of, of the chalky guys, like I'm not as high on Logano and Blaney as maybe some of the markets. So, uh, look, certainly uh, certainly uh, Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson for the Hendrick uh, team could be up there. Hendrick hadn't had a lot of luck, at least in recent years here at this race. But uh, Denny Hamlin uh, there, there you see uh, Christopher Bell on the uh, on mm-hmm. the first graphic. He did win one of the dual races, Tyler Reddick the other. So, I'm going to go I'm going to go a little bit heavier on on the Toyotas here. I think Denny Hamlin certainly is one you want to look at and if you want to go down the board uh, probably between 20 and 25 to one. I'm not sure where DK has him. They might have him at 22. Martin Truex Jr., who has never won on these drafting tracks, hmm. Daytona or Talladega, but he's always been in the mix. He actually lost in 2016 uh, the Daytona 500 to Denny Hamlin right at the line. He's always been a contender. He's been a contender here past two years led double-digit laps in both races, and then just had some bad luck late. And that's what sometimes this race comes down to. And that's why you see some fairly, you know, long-shot guys, if, if you want to look at it, that have won the Daytona 500. So you don't necessarily have to go the short prices here. You want to look maybe a little bit down the board. If it's not for an outright win, there are certain places you can bet top fives or you can bet top ten. Yeah. But uh uh, Hamlin and, and, and Martin Truex Jr., uh, both in Toyotas, uh, you know, and I, and I think that they're going to race well. I think it's going to be similar to what we saw on Thursday afternoon into the early evening down there in Daytona Beach uh, with the Toyotas uh, running very strong. You know, I remember, uh, obviously, God rest his soul, Dale Sr., way back in the day, like never winning at Daytona and this, the great the Intimidator and all these things. For, for drivers that haven't won this race of that type of pedigree, Right, that you go, man, this is the one, right? You can win everywhere else and you'll be up there. It's like never winning a major in, in golf, but you're considered the, the best player not to win one. Does that stick in your head as a driver? And you go, man, I've just had some bad luck, and sometimes it's no fault of your own why you don't win, unlike golf. 
because sometimes it is so dependent on what happens around you, mm-hmm. avoiding some of those accidents that sometimes you have no control over. It, does that ever get into a driver's head of, of pedigree and go, man, this is the one, because it is the Super Bowl, I want to win it more than others. Not to say they try too hard, but some for some reason it just happens broken. It their could way. be, uh, and and look, this is the, the the Super Bowl. Your biggest race of the year is the first race right. of the year. Now keep in mind, you have a full schedule where you know you're racing for points. But at Daytona, you're not really racing for points. It's very similar, to like the Indy Indy 500 and the, the IndyCar series. That's the one you want to win. That's it, and that's the one you're judged by, and and that's the one that. You know, all the greats of that of that sport, Foyt and Andretti and all those guys are judged by. That's the same thing here in NASCAR with uh, Patty and Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon and Earnhardt yep. and all those guys that are judged by this. And, uh, you know, so what? that's one of the reasons I do like Denny Hamlin because Denny Hamlin's got experience. And Denny Hamlin also, I find it uh, interesting that the guy, I don't, I think he's going to be there tomorrow. Uh, uh, the Rock is going to be there to give the uh, gentleman start your engines oh, uh, really? command uh, before the race. And The Rock has been embracing his like Hollywood Rock heel <laughs> persona lately on WWE television. And somebody that embraces his heel persona is actually Denny Hamlin. Oh. He, he has started to do that. You know, Denny Hamlin's not afraid to give you a little bump uh, into the wall to get by you so he's embraced that though you know he realized hey i can't fight city hall once you've done it once or twice and been booed <laughs> after you after you get out of the car and you win a race that's kind of who you are that's at this it. point it's gonna yeah sometimes they say the reputation precedes you and sometimes you can't shake it so sometimes you got to own it uh very quickly before we uh, wrap up the segment here what do you look for like an extreme long shot is it team-oriented, or sometimes you just see the way that they've been kind of trending? A lot of it's team-oriented, yeah. and a lot of it is uh, driver-style. Like, one long shot, I think at DK, it's 50-1, to 1, might be better at some other shops. But A.J. Allmendinger, who is seen as, like, a road course specialist, mm-hmm. he's won, actually, at Daytona, not in this series, but in the Xfinity series, which I believe that race is going to be uh, very early tomorrow morning. So... He's won here before, and he knows how to race. He's a veteran. He's an older driver. So somebody like Almondinger, 50 to 1, yeah. uh, would be attractive. I'm sure Jimmy Johnson at 45 to 1, who just barely made the show, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, uh, the, eight, the eight-time champion. So he's going to, uh, I think, be very solid in this race. So, yeah, don't be afraid to take those 60, 70 to 1s because some of them guys are going to show up at the end. Cannot wait. It's going to be, hey, Monday, they're going to have all eyes on them. They're going to have a lot anyway today. They're going to have the whole sports world watching them tomorrow. When we come back, let's talk second half teams, divisional races in the NBA next here on The Lookout. This is The Look Ahead with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns of every single game. Visit VEASAN.com slash pro and subscribe today. That's VSIN.com slash pro. One of the guys doing yeoman's work on exactly that college basketball uh, as we get closer and closer to March Madness is Wes Reynolds to my left. Wes, before we get into the NBA post-All-Star break, second halves, have you ever bet anything because of a dream? Like you had a premonition and all of a sudden you wake up and you go, oh, I got to wager that because that was my dream. I maybe have had premonitions get me off some things. 
you know, just just getting nervous, like, oh, okay, this isn't going to work out. I got a bad feeling about this because, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm overly superstitious, Dave, or I wouldn't say I'm superstitious at all, but I am stitious at least. <laughs> a little stitious. Yes. And uh, look, sometimes, sometimes you will see, because we were having this conversation during the break, uh, Sometimes you will see like like a tweet out there or oh. something out. Oh, 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 this this is over. I've seen it the last two weeks on guys I've been on in golf tournaments, which I know we'll talk about later in the uh-huh. show. Uh, uh, yeah, this guy's on cruise control. This guy, this Patrick Cantlay, this guy's gonna lap the field, and I'm of course have Patrick Cantlay. And then once that happened, you know, he had like a freaking five shot lead after two rounds, and then. Kind of was in neutral the whole weekend. And it's it's funny because you probably see that tweet and then we're gonna blame the tweet. I know. It's, right? That's which, which, I, which I'm which I'm not doing no, in no, reality. I know, but, but but that's I do the same thing. And the reason why I bring this up, because I know that our producer Dan Moneyline Miller had a premonition that Colin Morkow was gonna win last year's event at, at Hawaii to begin the golf season, had that huge lead on John Rahm and then just threw up all over himself down the stretch to give that one away. We were all had tickets I, on. I, I will give a public service announcement around here on VEASAN. One guy you don't want to do that to and speak too positive about something to Uh-oh. is the guy that usually sits there Monday through Friday, and that's Matt Humans. He would not. You do not want to do that. He's like, don't don't, don't, don't say that. Don't, don't jinx it. it. Don't put it out there in the ether. Yeah, yeah no, he, he does not like that. And uh, I, I learned that a few years ago, actually, in a, in a golf tournament, which he eventually won. That's uh, but, so then, you, yeah, yes. Matt, relax. I, but I learned that a few years ago. Okay, can I tell you my, my dream I had last night? This is for real, 1,000%, because Dan brought it up. Okay. I had a dream last night that I was interviewing Patrick Mahomes after their Thursday night opening game loss to the Baltimore Ravens. And my question was, obviously, you would rather lose this game than have lost the AFC title game a year ago. Mm -hmm. And then I woke up. I don't know who the Chiefs are going to play. I have no idea if that matchup happens. But, Wes, if it is announced that the Ravens and Chiefs are going to open up the season on that Thursday night, I'm going to get – that's going to freak me out. So, yeah. yeah. That's going to freak me out. That's all I'm going to say. So, that dream happened – Last night and the Chiefs lost. <laughs> so if I see it's Ravens and Chiefs, I might go to the window and go right. Ravens money line. Right, but then it ends up being like Chiefs Chargers or something. Uh, it so doesn't even matter. yeah, usually uh, I would assume Chiefs are going to open on Thursday. They have to, right? Yes. I mean, and part- then they have that game in uh, Brazil. Oh, that's uh, that right. That is going to be on Friday of that first week. Uh, who, who's in it? I think the Eagles are in it. I thought that, that's exactly right. Yep, and I Eagles. don't know who the opponent is. It might be somebody nondescript because I don't think they're going to move Pittsburgh down there to play him. Just saying, I'm putting it out there. Remember this. If we find out it's Ravens Chiefs, everybody go to the window on the Ravens. Uh, I don't know any teams that you might look at in just the divisional races in the second half, right? As we get ready for the second half of the NBA season. And some of these races feel like they might be dead. Others, I don't know how much the teams how much they put in the effort of winning the division, mm-hmm. right? Because we're always looking at seeding because we get, get to that, like, hey, would this team rather slip down to the six or they get the three? You know what I mean? They kind of chart out almost who they'd rather play. But when you look at some of the numbers in the NBA for the second half of competitive races, because, like, you, you look at, say, the Pacific, it feels like that's a done deal. It's going to be the Clippers winning that division. you got to lay 2,500 if you want to win 100 on the clip joint, right? So the one that feels like right now the most interesting might be the Northwest because the T-Wolves are plus $1.10. Uh, OKC, you're looking at about uh, $2 betting underdog. And then there's Denver, 
sitting right there about plus 270. My point is, I don't know how much Denver cares about winning the Northwest as the reigning defending. Yeah. Right. I, I don't I don't think they do. Uh, and that, that, that doesn't mean they're not necessarily going to try. But there's not this sense of urgency because uh, I don't think that they're worried when you're the defending champion. You're not that worried about home court. You feel like you can go beat anybody. But you've got the two teams ahead of them. They're the tryhards mm. in the Western Conference because these are both young teams with real young talent. Look on uh, Minnesota and Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns. Both uh, NBA All-Stars will get you that result once that's final. Yep. Uh, but uh, And then Oklahoma City, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, All-Star, MVP candidate perhaps, uh, started to really move his way up the boards. Those are the two teams that have not had a lot of success that are young. They're like, yeah, we want to get the number one seed. Right? We want to win that. So, yeah, looking at that, I, I would not. I understand Denver at plus 270 because, look, they've got the Joker, the, the two-time MVP. But... I, I, it's going to be, I think, one of the two kid teams. It's going to be the T-Wolves or it's going to be the Thunder. Uh, Thunder, by the way, right now, one and a half games back. They are at 37 and 17. The Timberwolves at 39 and 16. Uh, Timberwolves uh, coach Chris Finch and the staff, they were the, because they had the best record, mm -hmm. they're the Western Conference All-Star staff. So uh, uh, I would lean a little bit uh, uh, Thunder here. Uh, you know, I, I want to see, uh, and the Thunder did make a trade. I want to see if, if Gordon Hayward is healthy. They got him. It wasn't like a seismic move nope. or anything, but they got him at the deadline. This guy is a veteran. played on a lot of losing teams in the NBA who might be a good influence uh, on, on these kids. But SGA and uh, Jalen Williams, uh, Chet Holmgren, yep. obviously, now is in his first year. Uh, this is not... This is his second season, technically, but this is his rookie season in the NBA. But he's averaging 16 and a half, almost eight rebounds a game. Uh, even though Wemby is the clear favorite for rookie of the year, Chet is the second choice. But yeah, these are the two tryhards. And, and I think what Wes is identifying here, people, before you bet these markets, is teams that have incentive to win the actual division. And I don't think you and I are thinking that down the stretch of 82, Denver is going to be stressed and, out. And, and because to... I think Minnesota and Oklahoma City they don't have a lot of playoff experience, right. right? You know, just like last year, basically when they were in the play-in tournament, just to get into the main draw, the Western conference playoffs. So they're going to probably value home court a hell of a lot more than somebody like Denver or in another division, somebody like the Clippers or, mm -hmm. or, or one of those teams. I want to look at another division here and I want to go to the central and I look at the Cavs who are now minus three fifty with the great win streak. They, they were on, and they've just lapped the Bucks. And then you saw the comments of Doc Rivers, who said, you know, I really wanted to take this team over at the All-Star break. Mm -hmm. It's just very odd when somebody else had that job, because it sounds like you were determining when you would take over, which is very strange to me. But that's another conversation for another day. And then you look where the Bucks are now, and you go, Dan Moneyline Miller, our producer, probably doesn't want to hear this. What the hell's happened to the Bucks? I mean... Whatever you feel about Doc Rivers, this has been a train wreck so far with Doc at the helm. Mm -hmm. Is this team going to be one of those teams that all of a sudden they flip a switch in the second half, run down the Cavaliers and say to everybody, hey, no, 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 we're still the Bucs. We still should be feared. Or do they not care about winning the century? Yeah, look, their, their first game, by the way, after the break is on Friday night at Minnesota. I just think this is, was a different team, whether it was Doc coaching or, or, or whether it was uh, – uh, Adrian Griffin coaching. 
you lose your best defender in Drew Holiday. Yep. And you obviously had to make that to get Dame time, to get him in that three-team trade. And, you know, you you lose this guy, and, and you got you got to make up for it. Now, that's one of the reasons they got Patrick Beverly in a trade uh, at, at the deadline because it's like, you know what? We need a perimeter defender. And Dame Lillard, for all the things he brings to the table, he is not the best defender. No. Uh, pretty good three-point shooter after uh, winning the <laughs> yeah. uh, three-point contest again. again, second year in a row. But that's why they that's why they felt that they had to bring uh, 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 Beverly in. Now, Bev's going to be a guy off the bench. But, yeah, something has been off off with the Bucs. Uh, and I think, look, Cleveland, it might be another try-hard, too, because they want to obviously – uh, you know, get a high seed, and they think that they're up there with what we saw as the big three, that being Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, once Embiid gets back. But uh, two-and-a-half game lead right now. The Bucks, uh would be the uh, would be the three seed, uh, you know, the way that they seed them because they don't necessarily give the division champions the higher seed. Right. So, eh. I mean, because it feels like at plus two. I could only bet. Win. I could only bet the Bucks. That, I, I could only bet them because Pacers are distant uh, down, and the Pacers probably going to be like a five-six seed. But they've had some injuries yep. and whatnot too. Tyrese Saliburton, even though he's playing tonight, still kind of getting back from that hamstring issue. So, I think it's either Cavs or Bucks in that division. Just it's just bizarre when you look at the Bucks and go, "What is going on there?" I do want to continue this conversation with some other divisions. Uh, in the NBA that we have not gotten to yet. Because, again, I do think the handicaps are teams that actually care about potentially winning those divisions and or just being ready and good seating for the postseason. Come on back. The look ahead continues. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
This is The Look Ahead with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VEASAN experts got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdown on every single game. And visit VEASAN.com slash pro to subscribe today. That's VSIN.com slash pro. Wes Reynolds, if you have the under in the NBA All-Star game tonight, and there was massive line mm-hmm. movement to the mm-hmm. under. Because they went away from that Elam ending, by the way. The Jason Elam, Elam ending for yes. all the people that yes. remember the old kicker. Because uh, deuces to you, four would allow 211 to 186, the final in your hometown of yes. Indianapolis. Yes, as uh, uh, 211 points. That is the first time a team has scored 200 points in an NBA All-Star game. 211 to 186. Yeah, this thing closed as low as I believe uh, 352 and a half wow! is what I it saw. It was up at around 364. Yes. So we had one of those WNBA line moves, if you yes. remember that one from last summer. And now it just vaults over that total. As you mentioned, we never had 200, let alone 211. It did not clear 400, though. Just three short uh, is the uh, West. Uh, they just dribbled out the clock. They had a chance to chuck one, but uh, uh, they didn't elect to do it. So, uh uh, 211 to 186. Uh, we will wait on uh, who is going to get the uh, MVP award. Uh, we can give you some numbers here. Yep. Damian Lillard, 39 uh, for the uh, East. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, 32. Jalen Brown had 36. Of course, Tyrese Halliburton. This is the hometown. So is he going to get the mm. the hometown discount here? Leading the West, by the way, Carl Anthony Towns with a 50-burger. He had 50. He had 50 tonight. Cat got 50. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 31. You look at some of the other guys, man, that, that have obviously been there, done that, maybe didn't take it as seriously. LeBron, 8. <laughs> Steph Curry, 16. Luka, 7. Give it to LeBron for his 8. Yeah, eight points. Uh, uh, Durant at 18. Jokic at uh, 13. Uh, Jokic was one of the few guys that I think were kind of trying to play defense out there. A very half haphazard, but uh, still, more than others, I mean, that, that that's what the whole game was, and that's what the All-Star game is. Now, usually, I remember All-Star games of uh, our Ute uh, back in the 80s and in the early 1990s where they would be like that for three quarters. Then in the fourth quarter, then the fourth quarter, it got freaking serious. Right. It got serious because you had, you know, psychopaths. And I say that lovingly, like Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas and and those guys. Absolutely. They, they wanted to win. Uh, So uh, uh, tonight wasn't about that because (laughs) there was such a margin. I think after three quarters, I believe the East won every quarter tonight. Oh, so again, it, it like this is not again. We're we're not going to change the All Star game. It is to your point. This is now the iteration of the All Star game that we're probably going to see for eternity. And if there ever, uh, uh, if 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 you really look at this, if uh, there was ever a size disadvantage too, and it shows you kind of what modern day basketball is that it's not about size. Like we were used to, like guys scoring in the post, Shaq right. and oh, yeah. Olajuwon and Patrick Ewing and. Robinson and all those guys. This is a this is a wing and this is a, this is a three and rim game right now. That's what it is. And because uh, because the the uh, the East didn't hardly have any size without Embiid. So like I looked at that West team and it's like they were the bigger team getting off the bus. I mean you got Luca, 
and you got Anthony Davis and Carl Towns and those guys, like they were the bigger team, but size did not matter tonight. 211 to 186 East over West. You mentioned Halliburton, and you know, as somebody that, that took a little nibble on the Pacers to win the East right after made the uh, the Pascal Siakam trade, right? And I'm waiting for them to get healthy, and you can still find them in the marketplace about 40 to 1 to win the East. Do you, do you like, again, he's coming off an injury, as you mentioned. And he's out there, he gets you 32 playing minutes. I, it's hometown, so it's the good story. Do, do you read into any of that for the second half or just say, you know what, it's just, we throw this away, now we really do turn the second half. Are there teams out there that maybe LeBron didn't want to play the minutes tonight? Well, and LeBron, I guess, uh, is getting ankle treatment and oh. said he might not be able to go Thursday night against the Warriors. Oh, uh, so the answers our question. Yeah, so you have a lot of, of you know, guys that, that are having injuries and uh, – Trying to nurse injuries. We know Embiid is out for a while mm-hmm. uh, uh, for Philadelphia. So, you know, that, that that's what you're seeing. You're seeing these guys uh, uh, go ahead and manage the injuries. So I don't put too much into that. Yeah, like you were talking about Pacers, just back to the Central. I know we were talking about that at the end of the last segment. Uh, uh, Pacers, uh, you know, got to get some guys healthy. They're still getting used to also, you know, Siakam and Halliburton. They don't have a lot of games together. Right. Uh, so, so they've got to play together these last, I say halfway through the season, there's only like 25 or 26 uh, we're, games we're, left. We're getting down nitty gritty. Yeah, really we are. That second season. We are. Uh, so yeah, looking at the Pacers, uh, they've had a couple guys, Miles Turner was battling an illness yep. that didn't play before the break. Benedict Matherin, even though he was part of the uh, winning uh, skills challenge team last night, as was Miles Turner, Jalen Smith, Aaron Neesmith. So Rick Carlisle, I think is kind of trying to figure out the Pacers, you know, how I'm going to disperse these minutes mm. and what I'm going to do. But, you know, obviously Halliburton and Siakam, uh, you know, playing those guys together along with Miles Turner. There's a reason they made that Siakam deal. They think they can resign him and get another scorer uh, along with, uh, with uh, 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 Halliburton. Uh, so this game goes way over the total uh, over, by the way, since 2009, now 13 and three. Wow. And this was the highest total it opened at. Uh, but uh, uh, almost gets 400. Uh, so, uh, and Tyrese Houghton, Halliburton almost gets MVP, but it does go to Damian Lillard. What a weekend for Dame. And and apparently booze from the uh, Gainbridge Fieldhouse crowd. No. Uh, because there's a little bit of a rivalry, by the way, with Lillard and Halliburton. Halliburton gave him the note because he was in the three-point contest yep. last night. Gave Dame the little, you know, little dap, yep. little handshake, kind of, kind of with a grin, a grin there. Right. But if you remember out here, when they played in the in-season tournament, when the Pacers knocked out the Bucks in the semifinal, at the end of the game, Tyrese did the walk. Did yeah. the, I know what time it is. Oh, yes. did, and I know what time it is. So there's a little bit of uh, competitive tension there, uh, you know, uh, between these two guys, which is good. I yeah. think that's good to have that. I totally with agree. the best players in the world. So uh, I think it's missing a little bit in today's game, which is nice to see that from a young fellow like uh, Halliburton. The MVP does go to Dame Lillard with those 39 points after winning the three-point shootout for the second year in a row. So, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo was the East was the East captain. So really good showing for the Bucs here before they turn the page to the second half. We were talking a little bit about the divisions, and I just want to ask your thoughts on one more uh, here. And I look at the East, uh, the Southeast, rather, and I go, is Miami right now is a small favorite, minus $1.60 to win the Southeast. In Orlando, it feels like that, that's just a two-horse race, obviously, at this point. Orlando plus $1.25. The incentive would feel like it's the Orlando play mm-hmm. at plus money. But for Miami, it could be a little bit of importance to get into the finals last year 
and kind of they were like the little engine that could. They really ran yeah, out of steam. Yeah, they were the eight seed. Right? Would it be important for Miami to hold on to this one seed to have any visions of grandeur? We know Jimmy Butler right now is going to be Yeah, I think that's the important thing is, yep. is to get him healthy. And keep in mind, uh, uh, this team made a, a little bit of a deal at the deadline getting Terry Rozier mm-hmm. Scary uh, Terry. Uh, uh, to be to be the point guard. And, uh, you know, playing him a little bit more, uh, uh, not, not having uh, – Cal Lowry on the team, so they're trying to experiment with the lineup. Of course, you know you have Bam, mm-hmm. and you have uh, you have Jimmy Butler. Uh, the kid Jaime Yaquez has been kind of the spark plug off yes. the bench, the first round pick from UCLA. It's been really good. Uh, and and look, this is not a team that has a lot of size. Their biggest guy really is, is Bam that plays. Yeah, Kevin Love is a is, a, is a technically a big guy, but he's a stretch four basically he's out there shoot threes mm-hmm. is and that's exactly what he does best so this is a team that does play that modern day basketball where they space the floor five out basically in in shooting uh you know hero missed some time earlier in the season but now he is back so i would actually lean a little bit with the dog here with orlando because i i think orlando they, they they have been in the lottery and up there in the lottery yeah. for a lot of years, which means you're going to compile some talent. And they certainly have with Paulo Boncaro and and, uh, and uh, the Wagner, specifically mm-hmm. uh, Franz Wagner and uh, Jalen Suggs at point guard. Uh, uh, Wendell Carter has come back from injury. Markel Fultz has kind of revitalized his career as one of the more disappointing number one overall yep. picks when he was picked by Philadelphia. So... Now they're finally getting all these young kids. This is a young team, though. Well, they I, I, they, I think they, they have one guy over 30 on this team, and that's Joe Ingles. There's a lot of 22s, 23s, 24s on this roster, but I think this is going to be a try-hard team. They, they've cooled off a little bit from their hot start, but this is still a very good team, even though they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. So I like Orlando in the Southeast. Uh, very quickly, just to, to put a bow on that one with Miami. Do they? Is it just a little bit of that hangover with Jimmy's injury, or can they be the same team they kind of were last year? Nobody expected anything in the postseason. They go from an eight. I don't expect the them to duplicate that, if that's what you're asking. But they, Coach Spo and the guys, yeah. probably think that they can. But you know, because this team does have some playoff experience. You know, uh, Butler, Bam, Caleb Martin, yeah, Duncan Robinson, guys. Hero. Uh, these guys have got playoff experience, but. I don't see that dark horse running coming this year. All right, when we begin hour number two, let's talk some NFL draft. Bears, you're on the clock. That's next here in The Lookout. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.